We are Bizak for another episode of What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle Jolly. Okay, so this week I'm sitting down with Holly, who somehow can lead campaigns under pressure. <laughs> she, along with other greats like Andre 3000, is cooler than a polar bear's toenails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though she's surrounded by spazzy nuts like me. <laughs> so let's listen in on how she got that way and how the personal became political. So this week, <clears throat> we're back. We had a bye week last week. Sorry about that little snafu in uh, scheduling. But this week, we have the lovely Holly. Some uh, some might refer to her as the comrade that's a cool cucumber under pressure that someone would be me. Someone would say she, um, how would I say this? She organizes with a smile. She always has time to answer your questions. Um, she's just kind of like everyone's little ray of sunshine and makes, you know, <laughs> makes being in politics palatable. <laughs> Welcome, Holly. Say hi to the people. Hello. It is very nice to be here with you. It is so nice to... I'm I'm happy that we were able to finally like coordinate and uh, be together because I haven't seen you in eight months. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, since like March, it has been forever. Yeah. Um, and it, when I'm not uh, on a campaign, my personal scheduling is... <laughs> not quite as good so i'm i'm glad you bear with me it is nice no, to see you no of course and you were you just came off of you you came off of another campaign recently didn't you uh yeah so for the general election i worked on prop g which is a local campaign um and then i closed up uh shahid for congress so i had a couple local things sure. can't go very far with the pandemic and all yeah that's right that's right well we'll get to the local things um but i wanted to start at the beginning so so tell me about yourself are you from california originally yeah, um, I actually grew up on the peninsula. So between San Jose and San Francisco, there's that nice strip of land, which is suburbia sprawl mm -hmm. pretty much the whole way. Um, and I grew up in Redwood City. So mm -hmm. it's like almost the dead center of that. Mm -hmm. um, the, it has a sign that says weather best by government test. So like sunny every day, <laughs> really nice. nice. Um, when I was growing up, obviously it was like right before Facebook and Google and all these things got big. So I got to see the impact of that on the area I grew up in mm. and on some family. Um, my grandma and a couple of family members, like people work for Stanford, really big university down there. So mm -hmm. it's been really interesting um, to see both big city life visit cities mm -hmm. as as a young person and then like live in this more suburbia small town-esque but like obviously not small at sure. all it's not like there's space between the houses <laughs> um but to to be able to do that was was really interesting um especially over the past you know 20 years as there have been this kind of boom and bust sure, in sure. Silicon Valley area sure. um having family and living there is, has been an interesting experience nice and is your is your family are they all, like are your are your parents also from california like uh, are you like a 800th yeah. generation um i really don't know how far generation because <laughs> i i i know like some right my mom's done the ancestry.com whatnots um but like if i ask my grandma like hey what was it like growing up she's actually not interested in talking about that kind uh, of thing she's like 
I was in California and I'm like, so how was it with your parents? She's like, she was mean. And I'm like, like okay. okay, like I'm not going to press on that. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we didn't get a whole of the like family story. I got the corporate holidays. I didn't get like cultural holidays or sure. things like that. Sure. Um, but we do like we used to do family dinner like once a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my family lives in the Bay Area. So if you have like my dad had like so many siblings and his mom was a waitress for a long time and worked and lived in San Francisco. Um, so they were like a big family that was able to afford that at Mm. the time. And Mm. then as he got older, he obviously couldn't afford that kind of thing and was pushed out of the city. And most of the family moved up, um, by like Benicia sort of area. Mm -hmm. So like just moving further out. Um, and right now my dad actually lives down in LA and, and my mom lives in South San Francisco. I'm staying with her with pandemic and all, um, missing the, the work travel, not going to (laughs) lie. Love my family, love doing things locally for work, affecting, you know, the area, which people I, I know live here. It's, It's nice to make a change here, but oh man, your girl misses a view. (laughs) Poor thing. Well, hopefully there's an, I mean, I think we're closer to an end in sight now, so you'll be back in the mix soon. I mean, go up to that, uh, once, once the shelter in place ends again, then there's more parks open. You can go see some stuff that, that was nice there, but it's not the kind of thing we're doing these days. Yeah. 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 Very fair. What was it? What was it? How would you describe what it was like for you growing up, um, in the Bay when you did like describe your childhood to me? What was it? What was it like? Um, so I think it was really basic to be honest. Mm, Like I didn't, when you're a kid, like you don't really think a lot about what's going on. And then like, you only realize looking back that certain things affected you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like I have parents that weren't together. I got like the two Christmas things. Mm -hmm. I got all this stuff, which was amazing. Not going to lie. Um, and then I also got some stuff like if my dad would move and my mom wouldn't the Mm -hmm. difference between those, um, the difference of like, how they would parent their households Mm. and what was acceptable or what was not like even things like, can you have soda here? When is an appropriate time for ice cream? (laughs) Like, you know, just really basic things. Um, so I think that was interesting because I got to be more adaptable to like, if things are changing and different Mm. as opposed to if I was always in one household, one place that was always the same. Sure. Um, so I think that actually ended up being a really positive experience growing up. But like in the area we were in, mm-hmm. um, it was interesting to see kind of like the divide between those families because my dad isn't as well off as my mom is. Mm. Um, my mom has worked at the same job since I was since before I can remember. She's always been a locksmith. Mm. She has always been working at the same AA lock. It's all, it's at the same place. Like I could drive there probably one of the first places I could drive. Right. You just kind of sure. know where yeah. it is. Um, so like, that's one thing, but my dad, um, he worked at the airport for a little while and, um, had some disability and did like odd jobs and mm-hmm. then ended up opening up his own business, um, to have some study work and things like that. So it's, it's very different to, see the impact of both of those economic situations Mm. on a household Mm. and like be a part of both households Mm. and then see how like over the past 10 years since the 2008 crash like how my mom's life has been a certain trajectory and how my dad who didn't have the same stability Mm. um how his life has been different Mm. and what affects them so i mean like it's 
it's had some really, really good moments. Mm -hmm. And then like, as you get older, you kind of look at like, how did I get where I am? Mm. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see that like, as tech started to rise in the area is like when my dad could no longer afford the mm. mortgage there and ended up moving. Sure. Um, whereas, you know, like my mom ended up being able to stay in the same place. She, it was really amazing. She actually made sure that we wouldn't move during a school year mm. so that I didn't have to start and stop yeah. out of nowhere. Um, and that's not something that necessarily every family gets to do. And yeah. especially seeing like the pressures on my dad versus my mom getting mm. to have something as simple as like staying the whole grade length at a school mm -hmm. when you want to, um, I think was just, just really lucky. And, and I really appreciate that kind of thing. Mm. You know, um, there was a lot, a lot of like, changes in the area just like as i grew up there sure did you did your mom have family support in order to like in her like raising of her kids uh yeah so when i was a kid um i know my brother my grandma used to babysit for my brother when he was younger um and then because my mom and dad were friendly i would go to my dad's after school so instead mm -hmm. of like child care because they were two separate households they were able to co-parent in oh, that way okay. and have support and so my dad also watched my brother at mm -hmm. times when we were younger as well um and he actually for a while was a stay-at-home parent mm -hmm. and um a few of my cousins and a couple of his friends since he also grew up in the area that still lived nearby would all bring their kids and he would do like the daycare with kids giant slide outside nice. like pool kind of stuff um yeah sort of thing because it was helpful for kind of all of these families mm. and so as a kid like you don't think about it you're like oh i just get to hang out with everyone but then as an adult you realize like there were a lot of economic pressures that go into that sort of decision sure. and even like getting to spend that kind of time with my dad as a kid yeah. i didn't think about it as a kid but as an adult like i feel really lucky to have gotten that time with him mm. when so many do just have to work so hard sure. to just like keep the place you're living yeah did you what was your understanding of uh, like how did you perceive your family life as a child do you think looking back like how would little holly like describe her 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 life her family life like the things that you were able to enjoy maybe the things you wanted to enjoy how would you how did you think of it then i think as a kid i just felt really really lucky hmm. because i got to like um my parents weren't like harsh people they were like if you're doing well in school and have like one or two activities like outside of school to kind of like expand your horizons then it's fine mm -hmm. um so that was fine and I really didn't think I didn't think politically a lot I think it kind of just like creeps up on you and then like well, you're stuck you, in it did you not think politically because your parents weren't particularly particularly political or or the community you were in wasn't particularly um, politically minded like why do you why do you think that I think the community was not very political at all like it wasn't something that was very largely discussed hmm. um, just like in daily life sure. like it wasn't something that was mentioned um, but then you know like around election time depending on like my mom's been I think she's voted Republican before. I remember like the Bush Gore election. My family had like one person on either side. Mm. So I got to actually like watch a debate and listen to them say something. And like if I watched it with the other family, hear a different thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was really interesting to me. 
And then um, obviously there was 9-11 when I was a kid. And my brother is uh, about six years older than me. And so he, when I was in middle school, uh, joined the Navy. And I was like, had no idea what was going on. I was like, there was this crazy thing. And now everybody's acting crazy. And the airport's (laughs) different. And like, there's all these like, violent things happening to people that make no sense to me. Mm. Um, and like, you know, some people wanting war, some people not wanting the yeah, war and yeah. all of this stuff. And then my brother disappears and is in the Navy. And I was like, I'm going to start watching C-SPAN. <laughs> right, right. That's right. I need to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, so I was I like, you safe. remember there was the TV that had the scrolling yeah. uh, TV guide. Mm-hmm. So it said something like, uh, it said like Veterans Affairs Council or something like that. And mm. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. And I started watching it. Mm. Um, and then for for a lot of years, actually, I watched C-SPAN when I would like do my homework or be doing things. I still like nerdy watch C-SPAN on occasion. Just like, kind of, just like, like background yeah, I just like put it on. I'm like, what's going on over there? Huh. Um, and so I think that's that's kind of how it started is I really wanted to have a better understanding of of what was going on with like impacting my direct family. We didn't talk about it a whole lot. Mm. But because of that, um, I also ended up learning that my dad was a veteran and he ended up like was on a plane to deploy and then the war ended and didn't and like Which it was war? um vietnam i guess so he's like 16 right now yeah i'd have to do the math to uh maybe vietnam maybe like yeah. right the, the very tail end maybe yeah. i mean that's what it sounds like uh yeah it was very very tail end yeah, yeah. um because he was about to go he was not like a he's he's a you know, veterans for peace kind of gotcha. veteran. He's mm-hmm. not a let's send more people to war, but he's like, hey, I got really lucky to not go. Mm, yeah, and I had friends who died. And yeah. he told me this story one time. Um, he was in basic training and had a friend who was um, from another country and like just had learned English and had joined the army mm-hmm. to be like, you get citizenship yeah. kind of yeah. thing during that time, right? And uh, they said they were like doing a training um, with grenade things or something. Mm -hmm. And they said duck and he didn't. And so his friend died right there with him in training. And so like the, like it gave me this like thought about like, even if people don't necessarily get all the way to war, like there's so many lead up areas that could be really, really stressful and really impactful on people before they even get there. Um, So like knowing those things and like, as I learned more of that, as my brother is like literally out in the Navy and I'm like, he's on a ship, he was doing um, some, some submarine thing. I don't know. Mm -hmm. My brother's very smart with physics and I don't understand like (laughs) half of the math he does, but he's, he's got some really good thoughts. I I love talking with him. Um, He's in New Zealand right now doing his PhD. Mm, So, and then my, on my mom's side, um, my, uh, uncle has he was a marine Mm -hmm. i don't remember when but um he's married to my aunt so i mean like and then my uh grandfather on that side um also was in the war and came back and like spent my whole childhood like at the thanksgiving table like hey we should not be sending soldiers to go Mm. do this like hey this is not something we should be spending on things like that so I didn't pick up my politics off the wind it was kind of like cumulative a little bit matters and then it kind of so am I understanding correctly that the the people the people on both sides of your family that were veterans um and or somehow involved in the armed services like as you understood them growing up they were like anti-war and like 
pro-peace. Am I understanding that correctly? So, yeah, what I would say is my, my dad would definitely say he's like pro-peace, no war at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like we shouldn't need to be doing that. And I think generally for my family, it was more of a like respect for people who have served because they have gone through a lot. Oh, and I so see. we should be supporting people who are like in the armed services, obviously make sure they're safe, but we should be working to like de-escalate and have less of these and not need so many people to be doing this right. and not put those people through that. And so way, yeah. it's interesting because whenever you hear like a war debate, it's like, Hey, we should fund less. And I'm even like, Hey, we should fund these things less. Right. I don't love that. We're in the longest wars ever yeah, right, <laughs> like, right. for more than half my life. Yeah. That's be, right. Like, I am, and there's like people going to war that were born after it started. That's like, right. and I don't think we get, to talk about that that much but um so I mean like I I understand wanting people to like be safe and taken care of Mm -hmm. but also like how well are we taking care of veterans who are still here like the fact that my dad has VA health care but his wife wouldn't qualify for health care so she has to have her own kind of health care like I don't think that that's good my grandfather um he recently had a liver thing liver cancer replacement Mm -hmm. something he had a a huge thing where like he is definitely in a risk group and we don't visit grandpa and grandma right now. I've not seen them. Um, and it wasn't all covered. Yeah. And she had Mm. like an amazing job with one of, you know, these really big universities really well paid. Like it's not that they didn't have savings that they don't have a nice house that they don't, that they like didn't manage their spending or prepare. It's just that there's no way for like the way our society is set up to, take care of that or mm, to handle that mm. externality they're just like womp womp oh well right Sheesh. so like people have been through these things and it's interesting like yeah as a kid I definitely like didn't notice but um once you notice like you kind of start noticing it everywhere you yeah. you can't stop noticing it um and like all of those things even though those are all very political things that like were in my life that's not even the things I would say that like made me decide that politics was like important to get into Mm. so like there's they're just things like you realize later sure like as a kid i was just like hey this thanksgiving dinner is great my grandpa's (laughs) like let's not murder people that sounds great too like you know it's not as complicated when you're a kid it's not that deep yeah Yeah. it's it's not that deep it's fine but then you know i'm a grown-up and i'm looking back and i'm like wow like being told those messages that like you know It's not that everybody sucks in the armed forces, but just that like, hey, we need to be mindful of what we're doing and like careful about the decisions we're making and things Mm. like that. I mean, it was nice. I I feel lucky that I got to have them. Right on. Yeah. So you would say, so would you, would it be correct to summarize things as like your recollection growing up or your perception growing up as a child? Like, you know, you felt really lucky you had... You, you felt happy as a child oh yeah I was privileged as hell I got <laughs> I got so many things like uh, but you were happy you were you know healthy you you your parents had a had a friendly enough relationship so that you know you had a good relationship with both of your parents you you know got to see your dad quite a lot he did daddy daddy daycare for a bit there was you know not not a super politically 
charged maybe environment that you grew up in, but kind of for you, what you remember as maybe a seminal event um, in your political awareness and understanding was after 9-11 when your brother, your older brother uh, enlisted in the Navy and, and that's when you were just kind of like, okay, f- fuck, <laughs> my brother's not here. I kind of want to understand things more now because I'm connecting the fact that he is not here with this, this national event that happened. And that was just kind of like you, I guess, wading slowly into the waters of kind of like understanding things politically more. Is, would that be accurate? Yeah, pretty much it's like once you're connected in one spot, you realize like, oh shit, this is more complicated mm-hmm. than I thought. Mm-hmm. And like there was no way as a kid, especially for me to be like, I'm going to understand this really complicated thing. Sure, it sure. was kind of just like a hunger at that point. Like I, right. I need to, to know what idea. happens for the next thing. <laughs> That's right. That's um, right. And I think kids are... It's interesting because, like, as a kid, I feel like you're much more malleable in that way. You're yeah. like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then you kind of just dig into things. So, like, I was decently political by high school. Um, and there were, We're like, going to have to come back to what that means. But go ahead. Okay. Continue. Okay. Uh-huh. So there's, like, uh, programs where you can be an intern at, like, City Hall and shit mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. But when you're, like, 18 to 24 <clears> and... Um, like get school credit and things like that for Mm -hmm. them. Um, And some of them are, you know, for below 18. And I didn't even know about those kinds of programs Mm. because even though I was slightly political, it's not like my parents knew about these odd random programs. So I think a lot of what happens is that like parents doing their best are like, Hey, here's your options to kids. And then kids picked from those options, which totally makes sense. Like nothing wrong about that. Um, But then like you don't find out all the things you could have done till later. There's only so much that that parents can do. Sure, sure. Yeah. Mm. So so we're up to your high school moment, and you just you just said that you were like decently political in high school. What what do you what do you mean by that? And how did you think about things in high school? And how did you like see the world and understand it? Yeah. So I guess uh, high school was my first cam campaign life huh? uh, moment. Okay. Um, so there was, I don't know if you remember, there was a prop eight campaign in California. That was gay marriage. Yep. Gay uh-huh. marriage. Um, and so me and my friends back when, when honk and wave was the thing that I, that I thought <laughs> I was worth doing. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's not worth doing. If you want to honk and wave, like, please feel free to honk and wave. Like, that's not my point. I, I do other things um, mm. now. But so back in the day, like walk down the street, honk and wave with the no on eight. And that was because uh, one of my uncles um, on my dad's side, I oh, loved, loved him to death. Um, he was gay, mm-hmm. was gay because he is no longer alive. He, he was gay his entire life. He didn't like stop being gay at some point. Sure. <laughs> um, and uh, so when I learned in high school um, that he wouldn't be able to get married like I would be able to. I was like, what the fuck? Mm. Sorry. No. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, So, you know, like kind of dipped toe into campaign stuff, um, was part of my GSA in high school. Mm. Um, Right after high school, there was, so like I graduated in, um, I graduated a year early in 2009. Mm. Um, I was supposed to graduate in 2010, but I was really... Uh, eager to get out of high school for various reasons. Why? Um, I just wanted to do things that were more connected mm. um, and uh, wanted to do, like, just get college done and, and get some degrees and mm. stuff. So I, I ended up 
graduating early, uh, for better or worse. If you ask me, I think it was okay. Mm. Um, if you ask my grandma, she would probably say I should have stayed because I could have gotten a, a bunch of scholarships and stuff. But anyways, um, so I graduated and there's like, you know, economic downturn, 2008 crash, a bunch of people losing their homes. Sure. Like that's what I graduated high school into. Mm. Um, so I didn't know about, you know, that was I anyone could, in your, was anyone in your, did any, was anyone that you knew directly affected by the crash? Um, I definitely knew some people that like had their parents struggling. Mm -hmm. Um, but like as high schoolers, I don't think we talked about like, Hey, what's going on with your family? Mm. Um, so as we became adults and like, we kind of start to understand more of each other's lives, Mm -hmm. I think, as opposed to just like, I hang out with you after school. Right. Um, those kinds of things came up more, but like at the time we, we didn't talk about those mm, things. Um, I, I would say we didn't talk about most things. But so I was decently political. I did slight campaign stuff. And um, when you mean decently political, you are specifically citing your honk and wave or yeah. and your, your teenage support, your adolescent support. I'm sorry, or opposition to uh, Prop 8 because you had a gay uncle and you understood, you, you had a violent reaction to his inability to marry someone legally. You summarized very good. Um, okay. I'd also elaborate to say that uh, that very same uncle had a, um, a number of addictions which he overcame mm. while I was in high school. And mm. so seeing someone go through that mm. and then kind of move to the other side where they were starting to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, after high school starting to deal with the after effects Mm. of that kind of abuse and things like that. Um, especially seeing that after high school when I literally like know people that like today are probably in their house in Marin doing some, some drugs they should not be doing. Um, and they're, you know, like their family is well off. They're fine. I'm not like worried about their health. They'll get healthcare. If something happens to them, like they probably have Narcan sitting in in the room for them. Right. So those people are fine. Um, but like when my uncle was doing those things, Mm -hmm. he was not. And like, knowing the impact um, seeing all of those things as you get older is, is very interesting. Mm. Um, but so when you see politics impact someone in more than one way, Ah. Mm -hmm. I think you, you kind of are forced to make some connections you otherwise wouldn't. How did you understand? How do you think at that point you understood how politics was affecting your uncle's life? So I just figured it was like, Hey, he wouldn't be able to go and get a piece of paper that someone else could. So Mm -hmm. then like that person would probably not be allowed in the hospital with him Mm -hmm. or something like that. Like Mm -hmm. very small or like for taxes or something. I didn't Mm -hmm. think it was like pervasive. It was a very surface level understanding Uh. of like politics affects me when I have to go to the courthouse or Mm -hmm. when I have to do something that involves government. Did you Um, not understand maybe... And, and maybe I'm 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 stretching this too far, or Stretch. I'm, or I'm reflect, or what's the word? Projecting um, more than what is there. But did you did you not understand maybe the role that your uncle's um, uh, class standing or precariousness? This is me assuming, and maybe your uncle was super fucking rich, and you know just ended God, up I wish did, but, <laughs> but he loved me. I, if he were rich, <laughs> I would be rich right now. Right, but did you did you connect that at all? Like the reason not. This is 
walk with me here. Yeah. I'm, I, I do not know what were kind of like the antecedent conditions or predicate, predicate conditions to his addiction, but mm-hmm. did you have an understanding of those factors as it related to? Oh, I definitely like a, did not. Okay. I distinctly remember this one time um, where we had lunch with grandma and then dropped her off at a hotel to help I think pay for like the weekly room for my uncle like he wasn't perfect all the time he definitely had downtimes where I didn't see him for a while um and I'm assuming those were worse yeah um but like he was also a good person and so to have people treat him differently like because he did drugs this one time or Mm -hmm. like because he had a problem Mm -hmm. stopping drugs um or because he happened to like guys like Mm -hmm. that for me and the way I grew up where like you respect people first Mm -hmm. um until they give you a reason not to um like that that's outlandish so looking at like policies now that still disenfranchise people who are gay or people who are trying to overcome addictions Mm -hmm. like I don't react positively to those (laughs) like that doesn't make any sense to me why um instead of taking care of people to the best of our ability to have them do like the best they possibly could Mm -hmm. that instead we would want to make things additionally hard and that that's going to come to some like positive conclusion in some way just is kind of strange yeah Mm, interesting so you were so as you after you graduated high school early because you're an overachiever should have assumed that uh you went to did we you go to college we could have glossed over that um <laughs> i uh did go i did go to college for i went to community college at city college of san francisco nice um free, right? on and off for 10 years it was not free until the semester oh after God. i graduated seriously seriously wait, wait, wait! but i thought city college was not a community i thought it was a college not a community college uh so there's san francisco university there's sf state and there's city college of san francisco city college is the community college. city okay. college is the community college okay. um so my mom even though she you know had this very nice job for most of my life um was not in a position to like pay for me to go off to college sure. and i was like college oh shit as fuck. and i was like oh shit they're never gonna forgive any debt right. and so i didn't get any i started working as a waitress at a place that uh, stole my wages. What do you mean? I mean, I put down times on our time card where we hand wrote it, and I worked for 15 minutes of the hour, so I put 0.25, and then someone said to me, I kid you not, with a straight face, that it was supposed to be 0.15. And I was like, that is not how fractions work. That's right. First of all, you don't know math. And so I was like, this is three quarters. Like, this is 75 out of 100. Like, you know what this... (laughs) you. Like, I tried to be like, you get fractions, and they just, I don't know. Um, So, thank God, uh, the labor board Uh saved my ass, called called them, what do I got to do, sent a letter, um, because I watch C-SPAN a lot. (laughs) So, I was like, oh, the labor board can probably help me. National or state? um, No, 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 federal labor board. Uh, The San Jose location, props to the lady who answered the phone for me when (laughs) I was like, hey... I think my employer's stealing my wages. I don't know what to do. And she was like, these are some things that apply. So things like you can ask to see your records. And if they don't give them within 30 days, then you can get a uh, $1,700 fee. Like they owe you an additional $1,700 for not letting you see that. So things like that, that I had no idea about. Sure, sure, sure. 
Um, and I was, you eight, 19, I was 18 because oh, wow. uh, I graduated. I was uh, just 17 um, right before I turned 18. So I turned 18 uh, actually, I think the day before I started working this job at this restaurant and I worked there um, about a year. Mm-hmm. So I, I was either like 18 or like might have just turned 19. Mm-hmm. Um, like had totaled my car that year. I had to get a new car. It was all crazy. Yeah. Um, and so realized that they're stealing my wages uh, do the thing where like you send them a certified letter and they're supposed to sign that they received it, like had a witness there when I tried to hand them a letter because they didn't say they got it, like wow. bunch of stuff. Um, took them to labor board. Labor board, I kid you not, this is one of the most frustrating things in my entire life still. Um, the labor board person handed my former employer a card and was like, call me when you have other issues with your employees Mm. which i mean like fine because you probably will but the fact is like i was working with three other people there who were still having their wages stolen as far as we knew because mine were right and you just paid admitting that mine were but like i don't know what happened to the three or four coworkers who were working there Mm. i know someone that was working there when we were working um and his checks were getting zeroed out because he was paying child support off of his checks. Yeah. So he was making zero. And Ooh. so if they were stealing from his hours, right. they weren't actually stealing from him. They were stealing from him paying back his child support. Yeah. That's stealing directly, wow. like that's not from even just child. stealing from your worker. That's stealing from like kid yeah. like from a someone's mouth. Be- yeah. Being. Food from some kid's mouth. Yeah. So like angry. And like that place still has like a a positive Yelp review thing. Like, Perfect you know, place. they've gotten like the like county approval or like google recommended and all this stuff and Mm. there's no way for anybody in the community to go look up like hey what restaurants near me have not committed wage theft and screwed over their employees you know i want to know where you know i want to know you know i want to be like fuck that place i'm never gonna eat there that's right and like their food was good need you to tell me what this place was oh we can talk about it later yeah i'll I'll tell you off because i don't want to uh i don't i don't remember exactly what i signed and i i don't want to sure 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 we'd get myself in the those bitches don't even know how to do fractions bitches oh fucking bitches so and i like small business this was not like a i'm i just want to be clear i was not working like like at a bj's restaurant or at like a taco bell i was working at like a local business that had just opened and like was having plenty of business and i am sure that they were not paying everyone plenty of business that doesn't give them the right to steal your wages it does not i would not be as political as i am if nobody had stolen my wages but as soon as i did i was like hey i need this government agency to help me hold these people accountable to give me the money that i fucking earned and then nobody people are like defund the government i'm like fuck you we really need more enforcement of this wage theft how long did you stay there working there? i was there um i think about a year maybe a year and a half did you feel like you had to leave immediately after the oh i got thing? they they retaliated against me they fired me man whoa did you go back yep. to the labor board to- oh i i was still in the thing with the labor board before i got the judgment when mm-hmm. they fired me it was like i gave them the letter saying like hey you need to let me see this and they were like hey i don't want to see this um and then the next week's schedule was supposed to come out and I was like, uh, you should let me see this. And they were like, we're just not putting you on the schedule. They just wow. took me off. Yeah. They didn't even like fire me. They just said like, you're not going to be on the schedule anymore ever. So they gave you a zero hour schedule. So at that point you had to leave. Yeah. I was like, you effectively fired <laughs> me. You were like, Hey, I'm not putting you on the schedule. Whoa. Like what else is there? There's no like 
zero hour job right like, what right the fuck? that you can survive on yeah wow yeah okay. so uh, that was definitely some radicalizing experience and some nuance, right? Hmm. Because a lot of times it's like government bad, small business good, government good, uh, workers trying to be selfish. Hmm. Like there's these big ideas that are strangely connected for what I think are no real good reasons. Right. Um, but being someone who like did work hard, who was wronged by a business that I would otherwise support that like had to go to an org that I might not otherwise have known about. Right, right. Like those they drove kinds even of, to the arms of government. I know. Yeah. And now I'm like, Hey, everybody should get some protection from Hello. wage theft. Like union. Those are good. That sounds good. Like additional org to make sure. And honestly, if I had to fund things, like why would you not fund keeping businesses from wage theft? Like that's that right. that's even that's a thing popular. that happens right. is like, and it's so common. That's the com- most common form of theft. Yeah. yeah oh my god it's just insane that like for something that is so common mm-hmm. when we have all these economic discussions right. how often do you hear them talking about wage That's theft in it right because well the, and i also i mean it <laughs> a little bit of a diversion here I, it kind of blew my mind i don't know what i was reading earlier this year but not only did i learn that wage theft is the most common form of theft um in the united states but that it it has a civil penalty, not a criminal penalty. Like if I were to reach, if I'm at, a, if I work a job, if I work mm-hmm. at a Seven Eleven, or if I'm a waitress, and uh, you know, I I dig in the cash register to steal quote steal money from my boss, that is a criminal charge. That is that is property theft. But he, he or she, you know, uh, yeah, they steal wages from in, you, right? It's... Digging in my pocket to take my wages. That's a that's a civil. That's only a civil penalty. And it's just like. Uh, what what am i missing yeah and that there isn't some sort of automatic procedure for where if you do wage theft for one employee that everyone else's are looked at automatically because i just like even now like i'm not friends with those people we just work together but i still am like oh no i hope they got their money yeah yeah yeah, of course of course you said you were you were in in and out of city college for 10 years to get your degree yeah yeah i actually uh I went to city college until I was almost out of classes that were super interesting um, and a, <laughs> a, a year or two longer than, than I intended. So initially when I started community college, I was like, I'm going to get a couple of degrees and then I'm going to go get a couple of bachelor's degrees and I'm going to be done by the time I'm 21. I'm going to just get it together. You were just, like, I'm going to get a couple of associates yeah. and then I'm going to get a couple of bachelors. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to graduate by 21. I can do this. I just graduated high school early. Mm-hmm. I'm a naive dumb fuck <laughs> right there, right now. Right? right. I'm like, I can't afford any of this, but this is the plan. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I... I did not feel comfortable getting loans um, given my family situation, even though my mom was decently well off, like she could not afford it. My dad could obviously not afford it. Um, I did was not sure. I knew people that were like, there was just the crash. They had degrees and they were going to be working at sandwich shops. It was like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Um, And so when I went to city college, I started with political science mm-hmm. because I'm a political science nerd at this point. Yeah, like, I mean, aren't we all? Totally. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and then uh, in the course of doing political science, I and and especially after this wage theft thing, I was like, whoa, econ, what are you doing over there? How's it going? <laughs> um, so so I took some economics. Uh, I took some sociology classes. So, so lots of social behavioral sciences sure. kind of stuff. Um, I did a good amount of communications mm-hmm. um, because how people communicate their 
their stuff is probably as important as what they're trying to communicate. Sure. I think there's a lot um, in political science that like as a society, as like a large audience, we tend to talk past each other. You're, you're this thing, I'm that thing, and mm. we disagree about this thing. Um, and I really prefer to find the areas like where can we agree mm -hmm. and then look at like from that agreement how can we move forward and in areas of disagreement not just disagree but like why do we disagree mm -hmm. about that mm -hmm. and then actually like address the why and what goal we're trying to get to mm. instead of just you know it's like which there you're using, you know, there's the three there's no. and which one you're using is really important right. and it can be really annoying when you use the wrong one. But if I focus on the fact that you use the wrong one instead of the fact that you're saying it's over there yeah. and I clearly know what you would mean, yeah, that's right. like I'm getting caught up in the semantic right. and I love semantic differences as much as the next person. But um, I try to not get so caught up on how we are communicating with each other that we stop communicating with each other. When you were attending City College, a couple of questions. Were you able to, um, were you able to pay your way with and successfully avoid having to take out loans? Financial aid, only because of yet another helpful government program. Yeah, come on, FAFSA. Uh huh. Thank you. Yes, because of FAFSA, um, the Free City College had not started yet. That mm. passed um, right before I ended, and even with school. Um, there's like there's doing what makes sense for your life and then there's trying to balance your time schedule plus everyone else's time schedule right mm -hmm. um so i took some time off of school when my dad had a heart attack and lived in la for a little while mm. did some political stuff down there um came back up i like took some time off for work at various points um but then i ended up like missing a deadline to apply for my transfer mm. and so I applied the next year um, and the next year I learned that uh, City College is this uh, transfer acceptance guarantee mm -hmm. so if you do all your classes at City um, you can get accepted to certain California colleges mm -hmm. universities um, like a guaranteed acceptance mm -hmm. instead of like, Hey, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Mm -hmm. Um, so I used the, I was going to get a guaranteed acceptance up to Davis. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up, uh, actually getting into UC Berkeley. Like um, how would you describe your politic, um, in your, in your twenties, as you were going through school, as you're going through these, what you called radicalizing experiences with, you know, work, um, where, you know, the personal becomes political. Like, how would you describe yourself politically then? Yeah, so um, I think what I would say is that um, every time I got more political was every time politics ended up, like, being more intrusive in my life, whether uh, I liked it or not. Uh -huh. um, and I think that's probably true for, for a lot of people is sure. that you don't really notice politics until it's like intrusive and until annoying. In and you're your like, face. why are yeah. you here? Last night, some C-SPAN saved my life from some stolen wages. <laughs> I don't know why I'm in such a song singing mood today. Anyway, tune in tomorrow for part two, where Holly blows my damn mind a couple times with some practical approaches to organizing that I'm, I've probably totally overlooked, and where she reframes the false binary of electoralism 
versus everything else. Uh-huh. Don't forget to tell some friends about this. Don't forget to subscribe. Find us on Twitter. Or find us on Instagram. You know, the whole nine. Get us on out there. Anyway, <laughs> see you guys tomorrow.